from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a newsflash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Sheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, Parent Nation. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here with you. I am feeling a little bit under the weather today, so my voice is a little bit unusual, but I am really excited to be here with you today. Just came off of an awesome holiday weekend with my family, which always gets me energized and um, exhausted all at the same time. (laughs) I don't even know if that makes sense, but... um, Mike Kelly, is, uh, who's normally on the show with me, is on vacation as well, so we're going to be joined in just a few minutes by my awesome dear friend, Regina Garapi, who's going to be co-hosting with me today. And um, so many strange and weird things happen over holidays. I can't even explain it. It's just so bizarre. But, um, you know, in our, in our first segment, I always like to tackle the news so I just want to, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. It's just so weird. But anyway, Regina, are you there? I'm here. Hi, honey. I'm How so are happy you? happy to be here. Hi. Huh? Oh my gosh. So you're in a new house. I'm so excited to be. <laughs> oh, moves are crazy, right? Moves are crazy. It's been an interesting journey to move your entire life. And even though it wasn't across the country, it was literally from, you know, about 35 minutes away, but I moved my entire life, including, you know, not just all your stuff, but it's, it's your whole life. And I lived in the house that I was in for 14 years. So that meant that was the place that, you know, I had my son where he grew up. I was you know, I moved into that house when I was only 25 years old. I grew up in that house in so many ways. So, yeah, I'm wow. in a whole new place. And it's a, it's, it's a journey. That's amazing to me. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to – I love my home. I love where I live. I love my town. I love um, that my kids are growing up in such a great place. And at the same time, um, I don't want to miss. There's things that I don't want to miss. You know what I mean? Like for me, it would be moving across the, it, it would be moving to a different state. For me, I would want to move south where it's warm all the time because that just. Near me, right next door. And near you. That's the truth. I would want to be near you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, for me, it's, I, my sister-in-law was here from Florida. They just moved to Florida. So many people that I love are in Florida. I just, I feel like I need to be there. And at the same time, you know, yesterday we went to this little local amusement park. It's not little anymore. The place has gotten stinking huge. But, you know, at the same time, as I want to move to the land of the mouse, you know, where everything's commercialized and you can go to amusement parks for dinner at night, I go to these little local places and I think, God, I love where I am right now. It's hard, you know? 
it, it's hard. And I, I attempted to move to Florida at one time when I was much, much younger and it didn't go so well. So I know what that feeling is like too. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll move down there. Like when I can't regulate my own body temperature anymore and you know, like <laughs> Florida is God's waiting room, as they say. So, you know, maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll right. go down there when I well, retire. I don't know. I don't I, think I'll I, ever retire. I, I think, you know, you and I always have the discussion about perfection, right? And like this quest that we all have of, you know, wanting things to be perfect. And of course, that translates to wanting to have the perfect home and to live in the perfect place. And we both know that's BS. There is no perfection. There's no real perfect home. There's no perfect place to live. And for us, it really came down to realizing that in, in the house that we had, which we did love, there were some things that just no longer were aligned with our core values. Uh. And that's ultimately what we had to get to is what matters the most. Cause there's not like, it's never going to be perfect. But what right. matters the most to us in our, the lifestyle that we want to live versus the lifestyle we think we should be living. Right. Cause uh, we you thought, should all over yourself. <laughs> yes. We thought as, as, as two parents two you know, two parents living in suburbia with a son that we were supposed to have a house with a yard and do that very domestic suburban life. And we realized, who are we kidding? That's not us. We do not like to spend our weekend mowing the lawn and like fixing stuff in our house. Some Me either. Do, right. Some people love that. So we were like, that's ultimately not that important to us. So we, you know, sold a house and moved into a townhome. Wow. And a lot of people were like, you did what? Don't just old people do that? Like, you have a son and you moved into a little townhome? Yeah, yep. like, what's what's Ethan going to do? Where, where's his yard going to be? And blah. Right. Yeah. Right. And the truth is, he's been outside more because we walk. We walk to, we just walked downtown last night. Every morning we've been running around the lake. Like, we're actually outside. And there's a park directly across the street that he went to with his friends. We're actually outside more than we were when we had a house and a yard. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. That really yeah. is awesome. And you know, here's the thing, Regina, and it, it fits in so perfectly with um, with our, our guest for the second segment. Her name is Karen Kane. And what you're saying fits so perfectly with the message that she's going to be sharing too, which is there's perfection in what is within your family. You yeah. just have to know what the needs are of you. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Ethan, Ethan, maybe not, maybe isn't so much of a go out and mow the lawn and play in the backyard by yourself kind of kid, but he is a walk downtown or go across to the park and meet with your friends kind of kid. And yeah. so for, for him, this works. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome that you were able to see that. Talk about imperfection. Like my husband just sent me a text message. Hey, baby, I do this little talk show thing on Tuesdays from 11 to noon. But okay, send me text messages. <laughs> I love that. You, you... <laughs> See, we all just have to know what works for our family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, okay, Regina, talk about yeah. imperfection. You know, I love 
to, I, I love to spend the first few minutes of the show talking about all of the craziness that's going on in the news. And here's the thing. I, I gave you a quest to find good news. I don't know if you were able to do it or not, because quite honestly, I was able to find one good news thing and it, it's not even news. So yeah. were you able to find any good news today? I, I didn't. I, I found like good parenting stories from 2013. <laughs> like, Thank like, you very much. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So th- the only good news that I found was that JK Rowling is coming out with a new Harry Potter book, which got me really excited. How do you feel about Harry Potter books? Does, does, does your kid, how he, he, he's 11, right? He is 10. And we are huge Harry Potter fans around here. And in fact, when the first one came out, I was an elementary school teacher and it changed everything as a fifth grade teacher who taught reading when the first book came out. Wow. Because boys started reading again. That's pretty awesome. So here she's got, she's got something else coming up. And, you know, it had been a long time that kids were that excited about something like a book coming out, not a movie, not mm-hmm. a toy, but a book coming out that they, they had parties and they lined up and they, you know, outside of Barnes and Nobles and Borders, like waiting for the release. I mean, it, it was a big occasion. So exactly. I'm excited. I, I remember it. More. I didn't. Yeah, I'm excited. There's another one coming out. I mean, yeah, I don't even know what it's going to be. Like, maybe it's going to be the 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 children of the original. Yeah, I heard. I heard it was like a like a a real like prequel, like way before Harry Potter actually <gasps> you know was born. I think it's a prequel. love prequel. But I, I, yeah, I believe so. That's awesome. So we get to see Harry as a baby. That's really exciting. I want to find out what was going on there because they talk so much about his parents and all of the stuff that went on. So I, that's going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. So that's, that's good news, you know, and JK Rowling tried to do other stuff and it just failed. I feel so bad for her. Like this is going to be the thing that she's known for. I, uh, it's crazy. But anyway, so here's the other thing. That's going on. Did you hear about this one? Mm-hmm. The mom who leaves the six-month-old baby on the train at the at the train station. Oh, did you no. read about this? Okay, this is a I good didn't. one. Tell me. So this is so this mom. It's in New York City, of course. It's in New York City. The train the train stops. The subway stops. If anybody of you anyone's not familiar with how trains work in New York, they're subways underground. So the doors open and there's the platform there and the mom rolls the stroller with the baby in it out onto the platform and then gets back in the train and the doors close and she's gone. And so now there's this baby in a stroller and this perfect stranger walks up and they're like, I'm thinking that maybe she ran back for a diaper bag and like didn't realize and she's going to be like panicked in the next few minutes and come back. So like an hour or so later, realize this mom's not coming back. So she calls the police. Here, this woman just, like, couldn't take care of the baby, just didn't want the baby anymore. And so she left the baby at the train station. Wow. So here's my thing. I understand that we all struggle in our own ways. What goes through your mind 
like why not go to a church or a, a hospital and drop the baby off there? Like what what good was going to come of that? Did you think that there weren't cameras that you were going to get caught? Right. Well, clearly this is a woman who is desperate and not thinking too clearly. Wow. I just don't don't understand how someone could do that. So now they found her. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. So now they found this woman. And so what are they going to do? Are they going to try to reunite her with the baby? Are they going to press charges with her? If she can't even raise a baby, what's she going to do? So well, I was going to the- say, I mean, this seems like she would be charged with neglect or endangerment or something like that. So, yeah. you know, you have people that are doing stuff like this. You have people like the crazy, the crazy couple that decided to bake their baby in the car because they didn't want him anymore because dad, you know, dad thought he was too hot for a baby and he wanted to go out. And did you, did you hear about that one where he was actually yeah. texting women younger, like 17 year old girls and stuff like that from work while his baby was out in the car. So here's my thing. We are people who love children clearly. And there are good people out there who want children and can't have them. Why is there not an easier way for people to say, you know what? I had this baby. It's not working out. I, I can't keep it. What are we doing as a country that people are going to such drastic measures to end their parenthood in such ridiculous ways? Why, what, what could we, do you have any thoughts on that, Regina, at all whatsoever? Like, what could we possibly do? Um, (laughs) yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm like, as you ask that question, I'm, I'm envisioning this, like, you know, like this place where you, you know, you can, (laughs) you can like return, uh, turn back in a baby and other people can adopt it. That seems a little ridiculous, but I hear what you're saying that people are deciding to do things that are like serious detriment to children when there are so many people that want to raise children and provide them with loving homes. And yet we have people who are literally killing children or leaving them in train stations. Because we make it. it so, because we shame parents so much for being bad parents or not wanting their kids. Yeah. And we, we've got to stop doing that. I mean, okay, here's the thing. I'm, I, I call out stupidity in parenting on this show. I do. Because the, the phrase that I dislike the most is that we're all doing the best we can with what we have available. I don't believe that for a second. I don't believe that we're all doing the best we can because if we were all there, there, we're all doing as much as we're willing to do within our level of comfort is what we're doing. We're not Mm -hmm. all doing the best we can, but if we're going to shame parents in such a way that they're, that they're going to these kinds of extremes, then obviously we're doing something really, really wrong. So, you know, I would love to hear from parent nation on my Facebook page or whatever, and let's talk about what we can do. What are our, what are the ideas? What can we do? I mean, clearly there are entire segments of our population who are completely against birth control. So we're supposed to have all of these children, you know, even if it's an egg, you're, you know, you're supposed to have it. If it's a couple of cells together, it must be born. 
But then once, once this child is born, what are we doing to take care of them then? And I think that's where we're failing. You know, I understand that there is a huge belief system that life begins at conception, and I get that. But life continues after birth, too. And I think that's the part that we're forgetting. So if we're going to be so... If we're going to be so rigid on, you know, what what is allowable birth control and when can we start talking to children about sex, which is another huge one. I mean, um, you should see the stuff that comes up on my Facebook page, Reg. I don't know if you're on there or not, but people come on my Facebook. It's crazy, right? (laughs) It's, It's insane, the things that people will say. And it's like... Here's the thing. If we're going to make this a country where every single um, every single kid can't learn about birth control. I actually had one person say that we shouldn't talk about birth control until they're 18 years old because that's when they're legally allowed to have sex in this country. Is that true? Uh, no. I don't think that's true. That's not true. I don't you, believe so. You can, it's only legal... Legally, you can have sex with another adult. Like, if you're under 18, you technically can't have sex with somebody over 18. But that doesn't mean you can't have sex with somebody who's the same age as you. That's not illegal. Right. I, I didn't know. think so either. Because right. if so, you know, I would have been in jail. But <laughs> <laughs> that would make a lot of people would be in jail. But mm-hmm. I think that we're failing in so many ways in not giving children. I mean, let's face it. There are kids... There are, there are segments of our population that are having sex at 12 years old. That's an absolute truth. The first time your kids will see pornography on average is nine years old. So, you know, if all of these things are happening, if all of this stuff is going on at, such, at younger and younger and younger ages, then I think that the reason that we're seeing so much craziness is because we are so divided as a country that we can't even decide when we're allowed to talk to kids about important issues like sex and all this other stuff. So I just, uh, I, we have to figure something out. Yeah. I think that what you said was really important in that the whole piece about that, we shame the parent, right? So you can just, we have like 30 seconds, how much judgment is going around. We have to stop shaming parents. They have no place to go when they're struggling. Exactly. It's insane. And I, I'm really excited. We're, when we come back, we're going to talk to Karen Kane about her book and her life when we come back from this break. In this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break and we're taking care of business with a word from these sponsors. Welcome to Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world from your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, 
Consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins Presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. That was so much fun. Regina, I wish I could have you on the show all the time. I love you so much. (laughs) We have such a great time when we're together. So um, my first guest is an awesome author. Her name is Karen Kane, and she has written a book called A Unique Life Fully Lived. And it's a personal journey of hope and courage about her and her daughter, Lauren, who was, uh, Lauren was vaccinated was a vaccine injured baby. And uh, for those of you who don't know, there, there is such a thing as vaccine injury where, um, and Karen's going to talk to us more about that very briefly, because I really want to learn about Lauren and, and her experiences. But when we talk about um, parents who choose not to vaccinate their children, and everybody goes right to the autism theory, I want you to know that parents who make those choices use a lot more information than simply the risk of autism to make those choices. And a lot of it has to do with the thing that Karen dealt with and Lauren dealt with, which is vaccine injury, which happens to more children and babies than I think most people in America realize. Because it's something that, um, frankly, people, the pharmaceutical companies and the government don't want to talk about because it creates a very scary scenario for a lot of people. But Karen... um, 
went through a very amazing experience, bonding and soul bonding experience with her daughter, Lauren, and she wrote a book about it, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So, Karen, are you there? Absolutely. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. I I saw your book. I I have like a bazillion friends on Facebook, like I'm sure you do. And your book came up on my feed and I'm like, this is a woman that I absolutely have to speak with. So I'm so glad that you're here. And so tell us a little bit about your experience and your amazing Lauren. Well, back in 1994, I had a beautiful baby girl and her name was Lauren. At six weeks, I took her in to get her vaccinations like every other parent I thought I was doing the right thing she had a DPT vaccine and she fell immediately asleep two hours later she woke up with a five-minute tonic-clonic seizure her entire body was shaking her eyes were blinking and um, I picked her up and I was just holding her as far away from me as I could I'd never seen a seizure before I panicked of course and I knew in my stomach and my heart that something was terribly wrong I took her back to the pediatrician's office and waited for the doctor to return from lunch. And when she did, she took us right away, and she started looking at Lauren, and Lauren had another seizure, a five-minute seizure. We probably wow. haven't been speaking for five minutes yet. And the vaccine gave her severe brain damage. Um, she had a hot lot. Um, Thirty kids had seizures or worse with the vaccination, uh, with that lot, and there were 30 surrounding deaths. And um, it was it is legal still for the drug companies to scatter the vaccinations all around the U.S. So the lot that Lauren had is a group of vaccines. We don't get to know how many are in the vaccines. And um, the pharmaceutical companies can send one to every doctor in the United States. And that's perfectly legal. So the doctors don't get, you know, 30 kids in their office having seizures after the vaccination. Oh, they might only get one. Right. And... <laughs> Um, at, well, yeah, exactly. The whole vaccine issue is crazy. And, you know, like you said, all of the vaccine injured kids come from parents who believed in vaccines. And I hear this story over and over that they give their kids vaccines and then they get sick and then they have antibiotics and then they get more vaccines. And sometimes that leads to autism. Sometimes it leads to other illnesses. And right now our, um, we give 50 vaccines to children before they're five. We have the highest infant mortality rate, and we have um, chronic illness. So one in two of our children are chronically ill. Um, And when I talk to parents, because I hear this all the time, of course, because I'm sharing my story, kids are sick. Our kids Mm -hmm. are really sick, and we need to be really concerned about what's happening. And the vaccine studies, the vaccine schedule has never been studied. And for my daughter, it was devastating. And the government immediately agreed that Lauren was vaccine injured. Um, And and they, you know, kicked and screamed. They never came in and said, yes, let's help you. It was more that they wanted to prove that I was a bad parent. Um, They wanted us to go away. They pushed her um, award off um, as long as they could because they expected her to die. And my daughter had severe um, brain damage from the vaccination. Wow. It's amazing to me that... um People don't realize how powerful and how connected the pharmaceutical companies and the government are. It's always about money. It is. And, you know, I wrote a blog and nobody will publish this blog. And I write a lot of blogs that get published. But and it was it was a very open minded, two sided argument about why I will not continue to vaccinate my kids. My son has Asperger's syndrome and. 
after he got a vaccine, he got the, um, the MMR vaccine. And after the MMR vaccine, we noticed distinct marked changes in his behaviors, his responses, his reactions, his communicative skills at that age were very poor, but he stopped smiling. He stopped laughing. He started spinning and hitting his head. And when we tell people that, and he had 103 fever for three days and the pediatricians, nurses kept saying, oh, well, if they have, if it's that high for four days, then we get concerned. And I'm like, it's disgusting. It's, it is. I, and I hear this all the time and I'm so sorry. And that's why I share my story, and that's why it's so important that you share your story because it, parents are not making this up. I hear the same thing all the time. Mothers know their children. We know immediately when something's wrong, and the doctors aren't listening to the parents, and our kids are becoming sick. Um, one in 68 children is now the CDC states that has autism, but we all know that that rate is um, very – that's a very much low higher. rate. Yeah, and, it's um, much and we need to all be very concerned with what's, hap- what's happening. And, you know, we don't realize that we're putting mercury, we're putting formaldehyde, we're putting aborted fetal tissue and um, aluminum in our kids, and they can't handle it. And we're giving six to eight vaccines at once. And mm-hmm. our kids, you know, and this all, um, the mercury, when it is in the body, it doesn't go away. So it just compounds. So every time you give a vaccine and there's mercury or aluminum, it just it just stays there. And then the kid you know, we just, we're poisoning our kids. And it's, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. And the thing that I, well, for my son, it was the egg protein because uh-huh. he was highly allergic to eggs, which we knew. Uh-huh. And they didn't tell me that the binder in that vaccine was an egg protein. So my point is, how do we know, how can we say for certain that when we're putting something into a, a, a teeny little body like that, that they're not having an allergic, an internal allergic reaction that's affecting their brain. How can we say that's impossible? But yet we, we can't, can't give them peanuts. We can't give them peanuts or honey because, <laughs> but we can put, you know, six, to your point, six or eight vaccines at a time into an immature, underdeveloped body. So to me, that's just obscene. I just, ugh, oh my gosh, the whole, we could go on for days about that. But I, I think the thing that's so amazing is, and my son said this to me, and I'm sure that you've had similar experiences with Lauren in different ways. My son said to me, I think that this is evolution's way of getting parents more connected with their kids. I, I totally agree. And with my daughter, um, you know, she came here to teach. She ended up in this complete train wreck of body. She never walked. She um, never talked with her words. She um, was fed through a feeding tube and ended up with a trach, meaning she breathed out of a hole in her neck. And her body was just a train wreck, but her soul was very, very powerful. And she exuded love. Um, People were afraid of her or drawn to her. And in the very beginning, she started talking to people in their dreams. And people would tell me all the time, Lauren came to me last night in my dreams. And I was devastated as a parent. Of course, I wanted to have a healthy child experience. So I spent the first three years trying to fix her and make her, you know, normal, make my experience the way I wanted it. And what I realized is that she was perfect the way she was, and she came here to do important work, and that work couldn't be done in a healthy body. And when I shifted my perspective to resistance of the entire situation, to acceptance and loving her and just allowing her to do what she came here to do, I think I became a better parent and a better partner to her. And I started really listening 
to my spirit and my soul and our soul agreements and just kind of taking my parent experience to a higher level of, you know, we came here to do this work together and you came here to be in this broken body and I came here to be your mother. So so let's do exactly what we need to do to, you know, fulfill our soul agreement together. And then it became magical and beautiful and I witnessed all kinds of amazing miracles. You have a... a- part in your book where you talk about visiting the Grand Canyon and you say that Lauren in a lot of ways was the Grand Canyon because some people look at it and see a big empty space but others look at it and see a work of God and that that's pretty that's a pretty profound and beautiful way to look at it I just absolutely love that we, and, and, and it took time for me to realize that because when we have a kid who's having seizures and we hear this devastating news, I mean, all I heard was bad news from the doctors. We have to, as parents, kind of, you know, I did, you know, I just dig deep into my beliefs and to really why she was here because she lived through so many things that I couldn't believe she was surviving. And just looking at her and listening to her and learning from her, and she taught me so many great lessons and and that, I think, is the true meaning of life. It's not that everybody should be, you know, the president of the United States or, you know, an actor or something. You know, every person is here to, to bring their unique piece of the puzzle together. And each of us is important, no matter their abilities, because she never walked, she never talked. And here we are still talking about her four and a half years after her death. And, you know, she came here to open our hearts. And it's always about love. Our children are here to teach love. And I think when they pick these broken bodies, they come in as powerful teachers. And, you know, she would, you know, we would have her channeled or she would come in dream state and she would just say, look at me, if I'm okay in my body and I'm, you know, have this faith in God, then, you know, shouldn't everybody, you know, if I'm a believer and I'm totally comfortable with who I am, isn't that really a a great message to others? Because she was perfectly fine with the way she was. Wow. And, you know, that reminds me, too, of a um, I, I recently went to a, a speaker, an autism speaker and some classes. And he, the, the main point that the speaker made was to, before anything, presume intellect. So absolutely. Right. So even if you're looking at a person who can't walk or can't talk or, you know, can't communicate with us in the traditional terms that we feel comfortable with there is still a fully functioning human being inside of that body that wants to be accepted and loved for who they are. And I think we forget that. (laughs) It's very basic. (laughs) We all want the same things. We want to be loved. We want to be included. We want to be accepted. And when we look at children and we discount them, we do a huge disservice to them. And I think, you know, being age appropriate and being open and listening with our hearts and not just listening with our minds and the way things are supposed to look like, you know, this should happen for this to be important. It's like, no, it's these very little moments in life that actually become the big moments. And Lauren taught me that over and over just with her powerful, you know, just the way she would give a blink or something at the very wrong or right moment to make everybody (laughs) laugh. You know, she was (laughs) understanding everything and it just, she wasn't able to communicate with her words. She was talking with her heart all the time. And I think that it takes a really special parent to be able to hear that from their child, to be able to hear them from their heart space. And I think that these really uniquely brilliant kids that are being given to us now um, really do have a message to share with us that it's more than just being the jock 
or, you know, it's more than just having the little boy and assuming that they're going to grow up to play football or having the little girl and assuming she's going to grow up to be a ballerina and take dance classes or, you know, it's all of those things that we assume parenting is going to look like. And then when we get one of these really unique children, realizing that they're here to send us a message, not only about themselves, but about us and who we are and how they're here to teach us something specific about the people that we're becoming. It's, you know, yeah. It's so beautiful to witness. I mean, that's the thing that I miss the most about her um, is the fact that those, those little lessons in life are those, the way that, you know, she could shake up a room, you know, we'd walk in a room and people, you know, we're the white elephant in the room and people are running from us or they're attracted to us. But the great thing is, is that she's so brave. She will come and just sit here and just wait and allow that to take place. And the courage of her to, you know, to be willing to do that and to push the boundaries is such great strength, and she's teaching others. I mean, her friendships that she had, and she has touched so many lives, um, and that, that's so powerful. Yeah, we we do need to rethink um, our priorities, absolutely, and Lauren is the teacher of that, Of you know, and it, it always comes to love and self-love and being in the moment, and I think mm, that, that's where, awesome. that's where it's at. That's amazing. I thank you so much, Karen, for sharing your story and sharing your book. The book, before we go to break, is called um, A A Life Uniquely Lived. Is that correct? A Unique Life Fully Lived. Oh, Unique Life Fully Lived by Lauren and Karen Kane. That's K-A-I-N. And we're going to have that on our website too, Karen, so people can go there and check it out. Thank you so much for being with us today. What an awesome message. When we come back from this break, we're going to be talking... Uh, to Hot Toddy about Moms and Bars. Oh, it's Parrot Nation. Tara Kennedy Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper-middle-class stay-at-home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy, happy family. Every week on The Quip, Miriam Nicole shares her love, life, legal, and lifestyle success secrets. Whether it's wisdom you're seeking, inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success, or you want to know how to fully align your faith, family, and finances to create more freedom for yourself, you're an excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com and join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. We're back, and um, Regina, are you still with me? I am. I'm here. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Is Karen awesome? She was awesome. Yeah. She was really awesome. Yeah. I think she's a a messenger for two things. One, I really heard that her story is really empowering mothers to have a voice in their own children's you know, decision-making around their health care, because for so long, we just have to trust, we just had to trust and do whatever the doctor said. And I really feel like she's a messenger for that. And also, I also really loved her message around um, accepting what is instead of, you know, really trying, you know, we all have that dream child that we think, you know, we, we dreamed about, like this dream of, the way they're going to act and behave, knowing that doesn't happen instead of being in resistance to that. I love that she said she just became an acceptance of that. So good. Yeah. Amazing. It's an amazing story. And I, I really hope everybody gets her book because it's such, mm-hmm. it, oh, just such a great story. And it's something that needs to be shared. I don't think we talk about it enough because we're afraid and we get really angry online and we have to stop doing that. We have to stop saying to parents who really care and really do their research and we don't know the background of, we have to stop saying to them, if you don't get your child vaccinated, then you're a child abuser and you should have your kids taken away from you because that's what parents like. I, I hear that and that's not okay because we are doing our research and we do know people like the Karen Canes of the world who really did. And, and, and the, my, you know, my own story, um, you know, those things really happen. So we just have to accept that they happen and, and be willing to understand that parents make unique decisions for unique reasons and stop judging each other and hating each other so much because it's not helping anybody and it's making our leave our, leave our babies in, in uh, train stations. So anyway, here's the thing. We are going to move into my favorite part of the show, Moms and Bars. It's a, if you haven't been on Facebook, you have to go to the Moms and Bars page and check it out. We have so much fun on there. It's not about a bunch of drunk lushes who can't control themselves. It's about women who want to have fun and accept who they were before they got pregnant. And, you know, well, let's just, let's just leave it at that. So anyway, this, my, my guest, my, my hot bartender guest for today is a guy who was supposed to be on the show, Todd. Um, yes. <laughs> yes. Who was supposed to be on the show and didn't show up. So Regina and I just had to make shit up for an entire segment. That's awesome. Is basically That's what awesome. happened. You owe me a drink. You owe me a drink, <laughs> I would say 
tell you what, you know what, you guys come back out here. I will make two specialty cocktails in your name <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll be the disgruntled mothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, speaking of like the last segment, this is a perfect segue, I feel like, to go right into the bars and have, have yourself a drink after that conversation. <laughs> no kidding, um, right? And they wonder why yeah. women drink more than they used to. It's like, oh, holy man. crap, we have so much stuff to deal with. You just need to exactly, you know, Unwind relax at the end of the day. Sure. So, Todd, sure. we, yeah. we met completely by accident in California you were waiting you, you were waiting tables at an awesome little restaurant um mm-hmm. in About in LA if, yeah. right and yes it, it's just it was so perfect because you're you're newly married right i am i've been married for a little over 6 months going on 7 now you know we're still counting the months not not quite to the year so i feel like that's uh-huh. <laughs> Then you moved to LA like you're the true starving artist story, but you're not really starving, but you moved from Georgia to LA. What in the world makes you do something like that? Um, well, uh, my, my other, my true passion, uh, on the side, as far as like, instead of, you know, crafting cocktails, which is just, you know, kind of a hobby slash a passion. Uh, my true passion is, is acting, television, film acting. So um, even though there's a lot going on in uh, in Atlanta, uh, and I, you know, I built up some credits there. Uh, it was all about, you know, trying to, I guess, uh, big risk, big reward sort of thing. And both my wife and I, we literally sold everything um, and put whatever fit into our four-door coupe and, uh, or our four-door sedan and, uh, and drove across the country and, and moved out here and literally didn't have a job, did not have a uh, place to stay. <laughs> it was oh. uh, pretty nerve wracking for sure. That's amazing. And that is like the ultimate, that's the ultimate like lifetime movie, you know, yeah, in a couple know? years when you're like <laughs> this huge <laughs> sensation. Exactly. Well, that, and you know, the, you're uh, still going to have to come like on my show idea. too. <laughs> of course. So now, <laughs> so you, I, I dubbed you Hot Toddy. That's not really your name, but I no. thought it was appropriate because you're exceptionally handsome and a bartender. So I thought that was a perfect name. And you have a role, you had a role on Mixology? Yeah, coincidentally, uh, an ABC show, um, Mixology, which is, you know, it was weird because a lot of the people that I, uh, that I mentioned it to like family, friends, and things like that that knew that I was a bartender. They're like, Mixology, yeah, it's crazy. Is it a you know reality bartending show? And I was like, you'd think, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, it was an you know an actual uh, sitcom, scripted uh, sitcom, and um, a lot of people ended up liking it. I don't think it ended up getting uh, brought back for a second season, unfortunately. But uh, definitely go buy the the DVD and download it on uh, Hulu or Amazon or whichever medium you use. I think we should make them bring it back. And I think you know they what? should we should make them give you, give you a recurring role as Hot Toddy the bartender because that's that's just funny. It it's, is. And it's too perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. I love it. See, so I'm, we're going to we're going to pull some idea. strings. We're going to yeah, we're going to see what we can do. But anyway, I have no perfect. strings. I'm just telling you right now, I have no freaking strings. But anyway, if All I had good. strings, I'd be pulling them. I'll, I'll start a petition or something. So, okay, you have to tell us, what is the most popular drink in L.A. this summer? 
Um, probably the most popular drink right now, the one that I get asked for more often, is uh, is the Moscow Mule. It's making a <gasps> bit of a comeback. Uh, I did that. I started that. Yeah, I think I, I thought you did. <laughs> I thought you did. Um, and I was like, you know what? She's gonna lose it when she finds out that it's actually a trend. I can't believe it. It started out with my dark and stormies. Yeah, and right. Progressed right into the the Moscow meal. Yeah, very very similar, very similar drink recipes. Served in the copper cup traditionally. OMG. So for those of you who don't know what a Moscow mule is or a dark and stormy, it's <laughs> well, okay. So a Moscow mule is ginger beer, which is alcoholic. It's like it, the most pungent ginger ale ever and it's alcoholic, right? Uh, yeah, there are two different types. One's alcoholic, one is not. Uh, I recommend getting the one that's alcoholic because it just tastes the same and there you go. <laughs> What's the point so of drinking it if it's not alcoholic? It's not then exactly. it's ginger ale and you give it to your kids. So we don't even want to worry about go. that. Exactly. Save the <laughs> save the non-alcoholic one for for a different a different day for the uh, for the kids. This one's for you, mom. Thanks. And what else Absolutely. is in it? Okay, Bartender. so um, okay, so the the Moscow Mule is uh, going to be a vodka based. Usually, I like to use some sort of. Um, I think the the most common trend right now out here is uh, is Tito's vodka, which is a handcrafted uh, vodka out of Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, fantastic, gluten free potato uh, vodka. Potato vodka, gluten free. Um, gotta love yeah, it. Exactly. I know with all the all the diet trends and everything, you get you know you get a trendy drink and a and you keep away from gluten. Um, so uh, to use uh, the Tito's vodka, it's going to be a uh, two-ounce pour of Tito's vodka or any sort of vodka, um, and then it's going to be a uh, an ounce of uh, a freshly excuse me a half ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, mm. and then uh, just a top off of uh, usually around an ounce and a half two ounces of ginger beer, and it's three ingredients really simple. You don't really, you don't need to shake it. You build the the vodka in your glass first, and the lime juice, and then stir it in the ginger beer. There you go. And really it is great, so refreshing, cocktail. and it doesn't taste alcoholic at all. It tastes like you're it drinking of a, a ginger ale with an awesome kick, and it will get exactly. you messed up. Not that that's what you want. I'm just no. saying. <laughs> if that is what you because want, they then don't you're going to cheat. You know? The only yeah, thing that sucks so no. is ginger beer is like sixty bucks a case. Yeah, it can be. It can run expensive. Uh, I think that there's. Um, I think that it just you got to check your different local, uh, your different local liquor stores or grocery stores because, like, because of the new trend, they're becoming extremely, extremely uh, accessible and and uh, they're popping up more places uh, more often than not. So um, hmm. if you you know if you go into your local liquor store and uh, they'll probably have you know a number of different selections, so you're not limited to just one specific type, which I think is a great thing because of just the sensation of ginger beer that's coming along, uh, coming along right now and the fact that it is becoming super popular and the fact that it's used in uh, you know, two of the drinks that we're talking about today. So there we go. See, Regina, you didn't realize I was mm-hmm. a trendsetter, did you? I we were... did not know that. And yet I am not surprised to hear that you started a trend out in L.A. on your visit there. <laughs> it's so it sounds funny. delicious. <laughs> exactly. It sounds we delicious were... because I'm 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 tired of drinks that are uh, in the summer because I live I live in Florida so it's hot here all the time probably like you remember living in Georgia it's hot here all mm-hmm. the time and I'm tired of drinks that are just all sweet 
And that's considered yeah. refreshing. Oh, this sounds great. Yeah. And no, you, yeah. Regina and I traveled and we did some conferences together in San Francisco and I would always order a dark and stormy and people are like, what the hell always. is that? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So go ahead, Todd, tell us what a hot, what a dark and storm. See, I have to say so hot a, when I say hot. your name. <laughs> exactly. It's my, my tag name. Just tell <laughs> us what the hell a dark and dark, stormy is. <laughs> dark and stormy is going to be extremely similar. Um, use some sort of dark rum. I recommend using uh, some sort of dark and spiced rum. Uh, usually, either Kraken um, is a great um, is a great style Caribbean spiced dark rum. Uh, I don't. Some people have used Captain Morgan. I'm not a really large Captain Morgan fan, just because it doesn't have like that dark pop that like that um, the little bit of bitterness that's eventually you know eventually cut out by the ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the Kraken's fantastic. Captain Morgan, you can use um, Myers. You can use it, even though it, again, it's not spice. It's uh, just a dark rum. Uh, yeah, so uh, you can use any of those as your base. Then again, bringing back your ginger beer and then your fresh squeezed lime juice. I mean, <laughs> it's awesome. A very, very, very simple drink. And again, it's just a super tasty um, and just a great summer drink. Yeah. We've had them some I've had them already where people have put Coke in them. Mm-hmm. Like added Coca-Cola to them. I think that makes it too sweet. Gotcha. Um, but when we we had them when we were in Bermuda, that was like one of the big drinks in Bermuda. Yeah. And um they used what is it, black seal or something like that? Spiced rum? Yeah, usually uh Gosling's black seal is uh is super popular to use in that. It's uh, you know, the Caribbean's a staple down there, you know. That's so. awesome. My t- I, I can't believe it. It's so funny. So, yeah, my husband's going to be thrilled with this because <laughs> he's like, he thinks that's the coolest thing ever. So tell us what's next. Oh, by the way, we're going to put the recipes on the website so that all of you Moms and Bars fans can go and, and check out. And we're going to put them on the Facebook page so you Moms and Bars can check out the, the recipes for those two drinks. So, okay, do you think that women are drinking more now than they did well you're kind of a a hard one to gauge that because you've only been around for what like 20 some years but are you seeing like an uptick in women drinking more um you know what uh i wouldn't necessarily call it drinking more i'd say it's it's pretty awesome because you started in like the the mid to early 90s with the uh the sex in the city crowd you know drinking specifically cosmopolitans because of the show and it's nice to it's cool to see that kind of like that evolution like for instance my wife um she is a big whiskey fan i'm a big whiskey fan so that's, whiskey that's great for us exactly yeah you know <laughs> georgia girl uh whiskey gums what's going on <laughs> um uh, so no, so it's pretty cool to kind of see like that transition from from just uh, exclusively drinking like one sort of drink, um, and that's why I love this this segment, this program. When you when you told me about, it, I was like, oh, it's awesome, uh, to because there's so many great cocktails out there that uh, that people just real one really don't know about, or two have just never really been exposed to, um, and it's awesome to see that you know, these different, excuse me, these different drink recipes pop up and they, that it's, you know, becoming more accessible for people. Therefore, they're not just exclusively going to a bar and 
and ordering, you know, what they know, not because they really enjoy the drink, just because it's popular. You know what I mean? Yes. So and I've it's not, that. you know, we're kind of getting away from that whole coyote ugly mentality where, exactly. you know, all you can drink is shots. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that's what women want. I, no. I've been reading a lot of, oh, God, I can't believe we only have a minute left in the darn show because we were just having too much fun. But I love, and this is what we want to, we want to have you back more uh, because for sure. I'm we, so we want to get away up. from this stigma that women are poisoning themselves by becoming alcoholics because we're really not. We're just learning to appreciate what's fun and what we love. So I think that's really important. And I am so grateful that you are coming on and, and talking to us and having a good time with us, Todd. That really means a lot. And, and that you didn't forget about us this time. And no, Regina, <laughs> oh, my God. Craft, they, crafted they, cocktails are an art form. True story. And, and yes. seven seconds. I love you. I'm so glad that you guys came on the show. And until next week, everybody, keep playing. To Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein. Want more real talk for real parents? Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at tarakennedykline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling it?